Oh, You Thought Podcast, the place where you get a heavy dose of positivity, sarcasm, knowledge, and ratchetness. Enjoy the show. Another episode of Oh, You Thought Podcast. This week, I did not pick a a rap verse to start the show, and so we're just going to jump right on into Oh, You Thought. Um, To be honest, um, I was going to record this last Thursday, which was 713 day here in Houston, if you're from Houston, and so I was going to do my South Side Still Holding uh, verse that I did, I was going to put that back on the show again, but since I missed that timeline, um, I'm just going to leave the verse out. Oh, you thought that our girl Simone Biles would not clap back to anybody, all she was doing was minding her God-given business, enjoying being on the beach, and some random person made a comment on her picture that she posted, right? And the person said, seems like you've partied nonstop for a year, and even had the audacity to call this young lady trash, like, which I just don't understand. And so Miss Biles responded with, Talk to me when you train for 14 years and earn five Olympic gold, five Olympic medals. I think kids would say otherwise. My year off is well-deserved. Take a couple of seats. And I'm with her. Like, this person can have several seats. Like, I just don't understand why people get on the internet to just troll the hell out of people when people are just being happy and minding their business. And I get it, like, the day and age that we live in now with social media and everything like it's just crazy that people feel like they have the right to have opinion on your life and I'm one of those people like when I post stuff on Facebook I already have the I say Facebook because those are the set of people that I I really know personally and everything like that for the most part I feel like if I post something there I already know that I'm setting myself up to be judged, that people are going to make any kind of comments that they want, and so I'm ready for it. Twitter and Instagram, I do not take seriously at all as far as, like, if people come for me, like, people are going to be trolls, and I just wish people would just be nicer. I know y'all get tired of hearing me say that, but I I really do, like, because being nice and kind can take you a long way in this world. Oh, you thought that a state in the United States of America wouldn't issue a state of emergency because they were low on weed. <laughs> Get your life, because Nevada did. They said, hell no. Nah. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's an emergency. We are low on weed. I just thought, when I saw the headline, I was just like, this is so funny. And I'm pretty sure like all the weed smokers that I know they're probably like, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. It is an emergency when you don't have weed. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to end Oh You Thought on a funny note this week. And so with that, I want to officially welcome you to episode 20 of Oh You Thought Podcast. My name is Fallon, and I'm coming to you from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. And it's been a little minute since I've talked to you lovely people, I've missed being on the mic. I've missed communicating with you all. I've missed just putting myself out there. And so I was like, you know, 
it's what it's Sunday the 16th. I was like, I have to go ahead and push these episodes out that I worked on uh, two weeks ago and then also a week ago. Uh, and so I, I have to get this out here. And so I took most of the day to rest today and I'm all right. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. And so let's just back up to like two weeks ago. I think the last episode that I dropped, we were going into the holiday weekend, um, holiday weekend being the 4th of July. And so I released an episode, I believe that Friday, ended up going out of town to kick it with my ex, my love interest. I don't know where we truly are. I, I don't know. And there again, I don't want to put too much too much of my business out there, but we've been talking, I guess. Let's just let's leave it at that. We've been talking for at least a couple of months at this point now. And so I went out there to visit him. And I don't know, what is it about me? I'm gonna have to just analyze myself real quick. None of the dudes I really mess with stay in Houston. I think I've had like two guys that I've seriously messed with that stay in Houston um, last year. And I can I can freely say this because the guy I'm talking to now, he knows everything about what I've been doing. I don't hide anything from him. So like last year, I spent most of my time kicking it with somebody um, that's from Louisiana. And so, yeah, that was like a three-hour drive to, to kick it with him whenever we would kick it. Um, and now this ex or whoever, I don't know the title, but really um, he's somebody that's really important to me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we started dating in 2009. Um, we broke up and then we just kind of been off and on since like 2010. Um, yeah, I've had relationships in between that. And there again, like I said, he knows all of this, so I can freely say it. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there again, I have issues with being close to people. It's like, I want to be in love. I want all these things. I want a great relationship. I want to get married. I want to have kids. But I am low-key afraid to even, like, live with anybody. And so I think, like, I think I kind of enjoy having these long-distance relationships or situationships or whatever you want to call them. And Beaumont, to me, is not really, like, long-distance, long-distance. Because I feel like that's just going, like, to the, the far, far, far north side of Houston for me, the way I drive. And so... I went and spent time with him over the holiday weekend. Um, I came back to Houston on that Sunday and I had to go back out of town to Louisiana um, on family business. And so I did that and then I came back to work and I just started getting sick. And so and then I had to deal with crappy customer service from my doctor's office. And so took them like, three days to get my prescription uh, to my pharmacy. And so I was suffering for at least five days. And so I guess I'm just at this point suffering from the side effects of the medication. And so I don't know, I've just, I guess the combination of still being like really tired and stuff. This is why I've been like just tired and sick on and off. And so 
that's why you haven't gotten a, a podcast episode in like two weeks. And so I'm trying to rectify that. But but yeah, um, so so that's where my life has been. I'm still waiting to get my layoff date for my job. And it's, it's kind of one of those things where you just feel like, especially for me, being this age and being stuck at a job that I know for, for my, for myself is not a career, like to be completely transparent, like I really want to be in the healthcare field and I am in the healthcare field, but on the, like on the cusp of it at this point, cause I just do purchasing and I do inventory for a clinic and basically for this clinic we have a program and I work for that program and I do all the purchasing and the inventory for that. And so my dream was I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to open up a state of the art like diabetic clinic where you could basically get everything done in one stop if you're a diabetic and it was going to be a clinic where anybody could come whether you have money or not. And so I always just wanted to help people. And I think I discovered through having a conversation with my best friend, maybe a year or two ago, time passes so fast. And I basically told him that if I could have any job in the world, I would want to do something in the music business. And that was the first time that I actually said it out loud to anybody And I never said it out loud to anybody because I knew I would be judged for it. And no, when I say music business, no, I don't want to be a singer or anything like that. But I I want to be on the creative end. Like I want to deal with artist development. I want to pick out artists. I want to, I want to somehow, I want to be like a semi-producer. I want to put songs together because I just, I have that ear. Like I can call a song and know it's going to be a hit before the world does. And I've been doing that for a long ass time. And so fast forward to today, like I haven't actively been looking for a new job in preparation of being laid off because I don't know where I really want to go. I don't want to stay in the healthcare field because I feel like they're constantly laying people off in different hospitals here in the Houston area. So I just don't, I don't want to be set up for that situation again, because I used to work for a Baylor clinic and I was laid off from there in 2009. And so I want to do something for myself and I have different business ideas in mind, but as far as like a main job to support my creative mind and ideas, I don't know. And so Going back to that, I'm waiting to get a date. So I feel like once I get a layoff date and once it actually happens, it pushes me to actually activate the 100% Creighton go-getter mode. And I'm not afraid to like hit the payment and look for a job. So I'm not worried about that. And there again, like I've said on this podcast, like day one was probably the only day I was halfway worried about what am I going to do? And I don't even think like, I think like I expressed it to my best friend. Like I was just worried about my rent and paying my car note and stuff like that. But I think after I initially cried for like one hour, I talked to my mom and I was happy 
that God was finally removing me from that situation. And I think when I first talked about this on the podcast, I said that I had been at the job for seven years and I'm a very biblical person and I believe in the different numbers in the Bible. So some of my favorite numbers are the number three and the number seven and the number seven is, you know, time of completion. And so I feel like that was a sign for me that everything is going to be okay. I've completed my time at that job. And so God is removing me finally. And so that's what my life has been up to. And yeah, I just want to come back and provide some positivity and hopefully not miss another week or hopefully prepare better. So I don't uh, miss an episode on a Friday. And so we'll see. But I'm happy to be back on the mic. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, no, I think I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about that later in That's So Houston. But yeah, it, it's great to be back, getting ready to give y'all some episodes. So look out for episode 18, 19, and 20. Episode 18 is going to focus on sports. Episode 19 is going to focus on 444. And then episode 20 is the stuff that I want to talk about last week that happened in the world. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show, people. I'm back. A positive mind equals a positive life. When you let go of all the negativity, that is the ultimate glow up. It's time for the positivity moment of the show. Positivity moment. So much going on in the world that I know a lot of people will dig right on into what I have to say in regards to the positivity moment. And so I grabbed this post from Facebook and it was just seven quick tips to happiness. And number one should be the obvious because come on y'all, let's let's get it together. Don't listen to gossip. Don't worry what other people have to say about you. How you feel about yourself starts with you and that's self-esteem, people. And I know people struggle with self-esteem. I still struggle with self self-esteem sometimes, but as far as like what other people say about me, as far as like my work ethic, my character, like all that stuff, I'm solid in that. So don't listen to the haters. Just keep your head up and pray for them, right? Number two, ignore what people say about you. And that's pretty much, I don't know, that's kind of like a double don't listen to gossip. You know, like be your own self-motivator. Like for every negative thing that someone says about you, pump in five good things that you know to be true about yourself. Number three, design your own life. And that's basically what I'm trying to do at this point, trying to figure out what path I want to go to create a career for myself, a career that I'm happy in. And I think another key to being happy is being happy with your job. And I've been saying this for the long, the longest, like you deserve to go to a job that makes you happy and not just provides you a, a paycheck. And not even a good paycheck. So why would you want to be miserable and you're not even making enough money? So yeah, design your own life. Number four, look for the good in every situation. And I know a lot of people that struggle with this. And 
I struggle with it probably for like half a second because I'm human. Like something can happen. I can be like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to get my car fixed? And it's just like, well, it'll be all right. You just have to ride around your car the way it is. And at least you have a car to ride around in. Like it's stuff like that. Like when stuff happens, you guys just be like, oh, okay, for a second. And then just pop back into reality because you could be dead, but God is keeping you here for a reason. And so take some happiness in that and knowing that that there's good in everything I promise you that number five develop an attitude of gratitude and that's just always be thankful because it could always be worse at least you have a home to go to every day you're not on the streets like yeah your bank account might be empty but at least all your bills are paid like one day things will get better. I also subscribe to the narrative of things can only be bad for so long and the tables have to turn. That's just, it, everything can't be bad forever. And you have to keep praying and believing. Number six, one of my favorites, laugh more. And I definitely can attest to this. I'm definitely a person where I'm feeling down and I love to laugh. And so I have a great set of friends that are just silly as hell and they make me laugh. And I have great family members that are silly as hell and they make me laugh. And so, so yeah, I promise you, like, even if you don't have people to make you laugh, like watch like one of your favorite, like comedies or something to just laugh. Number seven, once it's in the past, let it go. And a lot of people have an issue with this. And I know I'm talking real biblical and everything this first half of the show, but you holding on to the past, whatever the past is, whether it's something that someone did to you or something you did to yourself, mistakes you have personally made. If you're holding on to all that stuff, you're blocking future blessings and Holding all that bitterness and pain can also make you sick. And why would you want to live a life like that? Like, take control of your past and just let it go. Like, just pray to God about it. And if it's something you did, ask for forgiveness and truly let God forgive you. Because he knows your heart and he already knows that you're sorry. But just confess it to him and it'll be okay. So yeah, I hope those little tips will help someone out there dealing with trying to be happy. Like just be happy. Whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. been a while so what's popping in these streets what's popping what's popping what's popping um like I said like a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is stuff that happened from like last Saturday up until last Friday and so um I still want to talk through this stuff because I want to give my opinions on some of these topics and first up um I want to talk about Philando uh Castile 
Um, the officer that was acquitted in his murder, I'm calling it murder, um, he would be getting a check for $48,000 to leave the police department. And who gets the paycheck for killing someone and being asked to leave the, the police department? Now, why not just let, just make him go, fire him at this point? And he's not the first officer to get a paycheck. So a lot of these officers are getting paid to just basically go away. And, you know, I don't even care, like, what's going to happen to him when that money runs out. Like, is someone actually going to hire him after after what happens? Like, what happens to these cops that that kill people? Are they actually hired at other police departments? That's something I need to research because that bothers my soul. Because if you can just move from city to city being a police and you have that on your record, that's a little bit scary. Um, I don't know if y'all remember the story of John Crawford III. Um, he was the young man that was killed uh, in Walmart and he had a toy gun, a pellet gun in his hand in Walmart. I believe in the gun section of Walmart. And so he didn't bring it in with him uh, or anything like that. But there again, the cop went from zero to 100 and thought that Crawford was a danger to the citizens in Walmart. So the cop that killed him will not be charged and the DOJ has audacity to state that the officer did not violate any civil rights laws. And it makes me really sick to my stomach that story after story, life after life that is lost, that these cops are getting away with complete murder and they are being backed by the justice system. They are being backed by their police department. They are getting checks still. And we have all these young men and women that aren't able, aren't able to open their eyes any longer because their life was cut short by someone who just was just trigger happy that day and ended their lives. And I think every time I bring up stories like this, like I always ask, what else can we do? And that's a serious question. Like I just, as a people, as a country, well, as a country, more needs to be done because I feel like it's only people of color that are truly concerned about everything that's going on in this world in regards to police brutality. Every five seconds, I feel like I see a new story on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, official notification from whoever, whatever news source saying that XYZ was harmed by a police or killed by a police. And I just don't understand when is the narrative going to just be over and done. But yeah, so as far as like my sad news, um, that's all I have. And so I want to go into... A positive direction um, things that should make you happy for me um, I went to see Spider-Man on July 5th on a Thursday and that's also why I didn't record that week 
Because, yeah, I was at the movies on that Thursday. And um, was that Thursday? The 6th. I think July the 6th. And so I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. And it was really, 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 really good. It was better than what I expected. You can definitely see the difference in it being a Marvel movie at this point. Um, the actors did a good job. Um, I like how they basically brought in different parts of the Avengers to link the stories. And I like how the fact that uh, Spider-Man, he had crushes on two women of color, two females that are of color. And I like how it's being set up that Zendaya is going to be, you know, his love interest in the next one. And so I'm excited for that. And just a tidbit, they're dating in real life. So they make a cute couple. And so definitely excited to see where the next Spider-Man movie is going to go. Um, they made $117 million the first weekend. So they did a very good job the first weekend. If you haven't seen the movie, go see it. It's a very good movie. Um, another one of my favorite movies that I've seen this summer Wonder Woman. Um, we now know that Wonder Woman Part Two, um, as far as the the storyline, it's going to be heading into the nineteen nineteen eighties, and so I'm excited to see where they're really going to take her storyline. I hope since it's going into the eighties, that it's not going to be like cheesy, funny, like the TV show, like. You know, they had the cheesy parts in the TV show. So I hope it doesn't take that turn. But I love, love, love that movie. And there again, when I first saw Logan at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, that is my favorite movie for 2017. And I don't know. I feel like Wonder Woman is like right on the heels of Logan. Like I just, I love Logan. That was such a good movie. But yeah, so uh, I don't know if they have a date yet. I don't know if it's coming out in 2018, but um, they're working on the movie, though. So I'm happy for that. Um, This makes me sad. Um, The Carmichael show, which I just talked about in my last episode, it got canceled. And so uh, it was rumors that Gerard wanted to leave the show. And Lil Rel, he basically confirmed that... He didn't want to walk away for just no reason. It was a reason, but he, of course, he didn't tell us the reason. And I just think maybe NBC just couldn't handle their radical comedy. And I, I said this, I believe, on the last episode that they do a good job of talking about real important topics and blending it with comedy and so I'm very sad to see that this show is being canceled um but yeah if you haven't seen an episode of this show I think this is their third season uh it's on Netflix so you can check it out or you can watch it on demand because it comes on NBC so after this season it will be over uh another show that I'm watching currently um Queen Sugar uh, it's still, every episode is still really good. I'm up to date on all the episodes and I'm just really interested in seeing where they're going to take the storyline. Uh, 
with uh I can't think of his name, the brother on the show. Is he gonna sit on that letter that says that he owns all of that land like his auntie wants him to do? Or is he going to go ahead and tell his sisters? And I feel like there's nothing wrong with him telling his sisters. It shouldn't change the dynamics of them being in business together, but they know the true true wishes of their father. And I think it would make a little bit easier on him as well. And um, I don't know. So I'm interested to see how long he's going to hang on to that secret. Because I feel like if he tells his sisters, I think he just wants respect as a man. I think he wants more respect for what they're trying to do. And I think he's already proven himself enough to to get more ownership and more hands-on management with the day-to-day of the land. And so I'm definitely interested in that. I'm interested in the narrative that they're trying to um, portray with his son, Blue, with him having the doll. And so the last episode, we see that the mother gets mad that he has the doll and throws it away. And so Blue is having a fit that the doll is gone. I believe the doll's name is Kenya, I believe. And... I think I kind of looked at it twofold as possibly what could be going on with Blue. Number one, I guess the the clearest narrative that they're probably trying to portray on the show is the fact that he has some some feminine ways as far as like wanting to play with a female doll or maybe they're trying to build up the narrative early in his life that he's possibly going to be gay or maybe they're trying to go with the the transgender um, narrative early on which I saw on another show that um, I've been watching which I'm done watching and it's called Gypsy and on that show um, the, the lady has a daughter that basically identifies with being a boy and she wants to wear her hair short she's gotten in trouble in school for for kissing a girl or hugging a girl and she has this close friendship with a, a female, but it's if you see the dynamics, it's like it's like a little, you know, like you have like little crushes and stuff when you're like a little kid or whatever. And we see that that dynamic clearly. Like she wants to play with boy things. And so we have this basically going on with blue. Now he doesn't want to like dress like a girl, but he just wants to play with dolls. And like for me. Like just talking about myself when I when I was a little kid, I was into girl stuff and boy stuff. Like I used to love to play with dolls and I used to love to play with cars and trucks and things like that. But I didn't want to be a boy. And so I think parents shouldn't always get so afraid that their child is going to turn out to be X, Y, Z. I think you just shouldn't be concerned with those kinds of things at that point. I think it's too early to, to, to put those worries and concerns on your kids. Right. Um, I'm trying to like really put in to words what I'm trying to say, 
And the other narrative that I thought was maybe he held so tightly to Kenya because his mother was not around and maybe he doesn't want to verbalize that to his mother and maybe he doesn't want to verbalize that to his father or maybe he just likes to play with dolls because he plays with dolls and boy things. It's not like, oh, he wants to just play with all these girly things. And so when I was watching the episode today, that narrative hit my head. I said, what if he just cling to that doll because... He looked at that doll as like what he wanted his mother to be or something or look like or something, right? It doesn't always have to be about being afraid of what your kid's sexual preference is going to be when they are grown. And so I'm definitely interested interested in that storyline and I watched the new episode of Power. So if you haven't watched the new episode of Power, go ahead and just, you know, fast forward to something else. Um I don't know. I don't know. Like I I know that Ghost is going to get off and I knew this before Angela saw the the tapes of a ghost in his office the day of the murder and he didn't have a weapon and so that was the same day that he was picked up or whatever by Angela and so I know he's going to be straight but I I feel like Proctor knew with him representing uh James and Tommy he knew that that card was coming soon and that's why I feel like that other um prosecutor was brought on to the team And so I feel like Proctor is always one step ahead of the game. And so, because, yeah, the last two episodes, I've been asking why, 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 why is he here? You know, why does he even need a team? And so with that piece of evidence, I hope Angela does the right thing uh, to go ahead and start the process of getting Ghost out of jail because, the shit has literally hit the fan. His club is closed down. Lala's business has been closed down. Checks aren't clearing from the bank. So they need money ASAP. Because they got too many deals out here in the world. When I say they, the whole team of people, they got deals with everyone. They giving 20 Gs to everybody every single week. And it's just not enough money. And so, yeah. Go see how he got to jail so he can get his son Tyreek together because Tyreek is out here being trifling to his sister, out here being trifling to his friends, giving out codes and everything to the alarm so they can come rob them while they're in the house. Like how? How does that even happen? So Tyreek is out of pocket. And yeah, so I'm definitely ready for next week. And so... Yeah, every episode has been really good of Power and and Queen Sugar. So those are my shows that I really keep up with every single week. Um, I watch them the day they come out for the most part. Um, Last week, we also learned the names of the Carter twins. And Twitter had a field day that late Thursday, early Friday morning night where Beyonce announced the names and... We have Sir Carter and Rumi Carter, which is named after uh, a poet. And so she released a a beautiful picture of herself with the twins. And 
it's so amazing to like see God's work and you can see like in these twins, like the boy looks just like Jay-Z and the girl looks just like um, Beyonce. And it's also amazing to see how the girl has like this full, beautiful head of hair and sir, he has just a little bit of hair on his head. They're going to be some beautiful children. So I can't wait to see how they look as they get older because they are so beautiful and precious. And I said this to my friend, I think today that I think I need to go ahead and just fill out the beehive application because every time somebody comes for Beyonce, I find myself feeling some type of way and I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. And so I think I'm officially low key a part of the beehive. And so, yeah, I love Beyonce and them twins are cute. On the trifling end of stuff that's been going on in the social media streets, I have to give my opinion on Rob Kardashian and Black China, and also T.I. And so this happened all last week. We find out that Black China has been cheating on Rob. And the thing that started everything was a video that she sent to Rob with her in bed with another man he went on a twitter rant released new pictures of black china spilling all his tea right on twitter and instagram and so ti which i don't know why you would chime in on something that does not concern you when you know that rob knows your dirt with black china right and so Rob is going through his uh, his Instagram rant, Twitter rant, and T.I. steps in and says, hey, basically, um, I don't know why you're displaying all your personal business for everyone to see on social media. Now pause. How long has T.I. and Tiny been going backwards and forward on social media with everything? Okay. So from that, <laughs> notion alone T.I. does not have the right <clears throat> to say anything about what Rob Kardashian is doing right and so quickly Rob gets him all the way together and basically says like hey I know how you pay Black China to have a threesome with you and Tiny I know I know and basically have several seats and I don't think we heard anything else from T.I. after that. And so the internet was mad because we find out that uh, Rob paid for surgery for Black China. So people were mad that she's out here posting these videos and promoting flat tummy tea. And she's not really about that flat tummy tea life. And I feel like ever since like everything has fell out with this whole Rob thing, she has been extra hard on her Snapchat, exercising like every day. And it's just like, okay, girl, I see you. I see you. But you only maintain it at this point. Like, you got the surgery. You're going to have to maintain it so you don't have to pay for it again. And, and so, yeah, so people were mad over that. And she went on this whole little, you know, run on being an advocate for revenge porn. She even had the opportunity to go to Good Morning America. 
Now, this is my spill. This is not the first time that Black China and Rob have gone backwards and forward with each other on social media. They've said horrible things about each other since the start of their relationship, pretty much. And we've even seen on TV, Black China get mad at him and all this stuff. And no, I'm not an advocate for domestic abuse of any kind. And no, I'm not an advocate of releasing people's naked pictures that they gave you because y'all were in a relationship. I think that is a sorry move to do that. But Rob was probably at his ultimate level of being hurt and just being plumb tired. And if you want to dismiss the fact that Black China sent him that video to start all of this shenanigans, then you're crazy. And not to mention the Ferrari guy released a video with her half naked with them in bed together. But he only got a warning letter. He didn't get taken to court. And so I think Rob did the best thing by saying that basically he's going to agree and contest with the restraining order because just get that girl out of your life. And if it's not going to affect you being able to have a relationship with Dream, like just wash your hands of Black China. Like you really don't have to have a true blue relationship with Black China at this point. There's so many people that can can pass information in between y'all until y'all can get into a true better place and grow up. And so I think like, I just don't like people that cry out victim when you're out here doing crazy stuff all day long. And I just, I'm not with it. Like leave that narrative to someone where that's really their story. And Yeah, that's my two cents on Rob and Black China. And her mom has just been on Instagram, Twitter, whatever format she's using to post her videos. Talking about she got tea, but we still haven't got the tea. Um, She had a spill yesterday over Caitlyn Jenner calling Rob stupid, which I totally agree that he had no audacity. To call Rob stupid. And I don't even think Rob should apologize to his family the way that he did. He was in his feelings. Like, I think he should apologize for posting the pictures. But it's his right to get on. Sorry. Had to get something to drink. Um to get on his platform and say what he wants to say about his relationship. Cause I don't know. Sometimes it makes you feel better if you just purge it out, whether anybody's listening or 10,000 people are listening. Like it just makes you feel better. And so, yeah, I definitely agree that Caitlin shouldn't have called him stupid, but I don't agree with, all the derogatory statements that Black China's mom said about Caitlyn. Don't agree with that. Um, just leave a spade, call a spade a spade. Like, keep it to what it's about. If you don't believe that he should have called Rob stupid, just say that. But you don't tell, tear people down. But it seems like Caitlyn is always getting into, into, some, into some trouble in these streets with... Um, the opinions that she portrays or whatever. And so, yeah, 
uh, J. Cole, uh, he recently re- revealed that the beat for Neighbors is actually one of my favorite songs, uh, Forbidden Fruit Played Backwards. And when he played it, I was just like, ah, oh, it, it is the song backwards. Like, I'm just like, that is so genius. Whoever thought like, oh, let's just run this beat backwards and add some stuff to it. And this is going to be this song. Like, I thought that was absolutely crazy. And so, yeah, mine was blown. And I don't know, we're getting closer to August. And I don't know if I still, I still want to go to that concert. I really do. But I don't know. On to some more trifling stuff. I should have put this in dumb nigga shit, but I didn't. Um, A white U.S. Mint employee uh, had the audacity to leave a noose on a black co-worker's chair. Now, here's the dumb part. Here's the horrible part. Besides leaving the noose on the chair. This employee is only on administrative leave. But yet, the United States meant they claim that that kind of behavior is frowned on. So why does this person still have a job? And see, that's why... People of color, they always have an issue with believing that we will ever get any kind of justice because to me, this is a clear cut thing to me. There's no going past go. Like this is a one time thing that no write up, no nothing. You go straight to being fired and that's it. Pick up your last paycheck. How about that? And yeah. And so when I saw that story, that made me so, so mad. I just, how can you say that you don't support this behavior, but you just give them a little slap on the wrist and say, you know what? Total mistake. I can understand how you just totally just made the mistake of putting that noose on that chair. And the person just so happened to be black. Like people are so sensitive now. I can understand why. No, miss me with that. Miss me with that. Like, in order for the the racial divide to be completely done and healed, people like that in a simple format on the basic level of having a job need to take the responsibility of firing people like that. Hateful people should not be able to get a paycheck with a good government job doing stuff like that. Because now they're going to think they can definitely get away with that. Because they probably figure, you know, if I do it again, they're just probably going to write me up a second time. And, you know, or maybe they'll suspend me without pay this time. But you know what? I'm just going to do it because I want to make America great again. And this is how we're going to make America great again. Like I said, miss me with that. Um, I saw a really good interview last week. Uh, with uh, Dr. Umar Johnson and Roland Martin. And normally, I like Roland Martin, but I felt like from go, he had an agenda, and I felt like he was somewhat trolling Dr. Johnson, and I felt like the panel, except for maybe one guy that was on the panel, were there to also be accomplice in trolling Dr. Umar Johnson. And let me say this. Um, I don't agree with everything that Dr. Umar says, but I feel like he comes from a, a good place and I feel like he has, you know, good points 
to stand on and to, you know, invoke conversation, right? And so somehow, some way they get on the conversation of if he's related to, uh, who is it? Oh, I should have wrote it down, but it's an important figure. And Dr. Umar is quoted as saying that, uh, he's related by kinship, not by blood. I believe that's what he said. Or is it by, yeah, it's by blood. I mean, it's by kinship because he's related to this person via a cousin being married or whatever. Via a cousin. Yeah. A direct bloodline, but it's his cousin. So that's why it's called kinship. And so he had to go ahead and break that down for Roland Martin. And Mr. Martin was like, all right, all right. And so he had to eat that. And then they went on to the narrative about, they were talking about, people that stand for you know what's going on with uh people of color um these activists basically screaming black lives matter all day long but they're married or they're associated with dating a white person which I definitely thought was an interesting conversation. And I definitely feel some type of way about this because I feel like it is a conflict of interest. And I feel like, yes, you can love whoever you want to love. And sometimes love just happens in a place where you just never thought that you would find it. And my first, I guess, objection that I might would have is what if the white person they're dealing with is woke and they're dealing with they're being an activist right along with their partner. And that's the only good point that I'm going to present for this debate. And so with that being said, I totally get what Dr. Umar is saying. Like if you're up here saying black this, black that, da 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 how can you be all about black stuff? But you're not married to a black queen. You're not dating a black queen. And does that lessen the work that the person has done? Not necessarily, but it's just there again, like, I don't know, like, it it makes me feel a little weird. And so the panel basically was tearing Dr. Umar apart, and he did a good job of standing his ground on his points, and he made good and perfect sense to me in most of the narratives that he was discussing on the show and so if you haven't seen the the clip or the episode um it's on Roland Martin's TV one show that comes on every morning and I'm sure you can find the clip on YouTube and everything at, at this point but look at that clip and you know just give me feedback on what you thought of the conversations that was brought up but um yeah, there's definitely some good points brought up in that interview, but this is the first time that I really felt mad at Roland Martin. And I sometimes I understand how people don't like him. And so, yeah, that definitely made me feel some type of way. So, yeah. I keep it real because I'm from the South Side. I plan to rep the South till the day that I die. I, that's so Houston. That's so Houston. That's so Houston. So, Last week when I was supposed to record this episode, um, it was 713 day. So 
in honor of that, uh, little Kiki is having an event today at the smoke shop. Um, that's a popular place here in Houston. And he's number one celebrating 713 Day. And then also he's celebrating 20 years in the rap business. And so if you're familiar with that whole movement, check it out. Like 713 Day is important is an important day in the city. So start with that. Um the Houston Public the Houston Public Library System is doing something really different and you know, I think it's pretty awesome. They're looking for some good barbershops to take part in their Groom for Literacy program. And I think this is really awesome. And so basically, as the kids are coming to the library to, to read their books and things, um, they have the opportunity to get a haircut. And I think this is just so good. Like another way to get children to read. And I think it starts at a young age to to hold, you know, your child's uh, uh, attention as far as picking up a book and reading. And I just, I remember me and my sisters, like, we just never had that issue. We were always begging to go to the library and get our books. And so it was like year round, but I feel like in the summer it was like, it was worse. Like, we just love to read. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's an awesome program that they're putting together last night um in the city was the Kendrick Lamar concert and I've been seeing clips all over social media from that and yeah I heard it was like a really great concert a lot of people said it was like the best concert that they've ever been to and I want to talk about my little blessing that I was able to attend last night so that's another reason why, because I was on the fence about going to the Kendrick Lamar concert. And thankfully, I didn't buy a ticket because they were saying it was sold out. But I used this particular app and I'm not going to say what app I use because I'm a little bit selfish <laughs> when it comes to good tickets. And so, yeah, there were still tickets available to that concert. And so I got a message on like Thursday night from a classmate of mine from high school and she said she had tickets for this um, event at the Houston Symphony and I've been geeked up about this event probably since I saw the announcement of it right and so the Houston Symphony was doing the music of Prince okay (sighs) if you know me you know where Prince lies in you know, as far as like musicians that I truly, truly love, right? And so last week I looked up the ticket prices for the event and I was only finding ticket prices for like $200 plus, right? And I was just like, no, I should have like bought tickets as soon as they announced the concert, right? And so she was like, um, someone offered me two free tickets for this event do you want them she was like I know you love Prince just like me and I know you would appreciate it blah 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 and I'm like are you sure you don't want them because like she's like the ultimate Prince fan and um at least as far as like the people I know and 
yeah, she was like, no, I don't want them. And I'm normally a person like I tell people no a lot. I'm so quick to, to tell people no, even when they're doing nice things. And I feel like the Lord just told me like, Fallon, just accept this gift. You're going to enjoy it. And so I was like, sure, I'll take them. And so I was so happy and excited and I was bragging to my friends and stuff like, oh, I'm going to be going here. Like, I'm so excited. Right. And so in my musical mind, I was just like, how are they going to put the songs together? Are they going to try to keep the songs just the way they are? Like, how is it going to sound basically in a classical format? Like, how is it going to sound? And so I was excited Thursday and Friday, and I show up to the venue, Jones Hall, which I was low-key scared that I was going to lose my vehicle again. And short, funny story, me and my best friend, the first event we've ever gone to together was in 2008. We went to the John Legend concert at the Bayou Place. Right. And so all the parking is connected for these venues. And I parked my vehicle in that garage. And when we came out of that concert, we were so turned around. We had no clue (laughs) where my car was. And that was like one of the scariest nights in my life because I feel like we just walked around forever, forever, forever. And I just saw the look on his face. He like he was a little bit terrified. I was terrified, but I was trying to hold it together. And so when I instantly pulled into this garage, I was like, oh my God, this is the same garage that I was parked in and we couldn't find my car. And so I was like, nope, I'm going to be smarter this time. I'm going to text myself exactly where I'm parked, the name of the garage, the color, the the aisle number and letter. Like I'm going to push through this. <laughs> And so even with doing that, like I found my car perfectly at the end of the night, but finding Jones Hall being underground in these tunnels and shit was a workout in its own. And they have all these maps and shit on where you're supposed to go, take this tunnel, go this way, take these stairs, blah, blah, blah. And I was totally confused. And when I first pulled up or whatever, when I first got out and I was looking for it, I was on the elevator with these people that were going to the event too, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to low key, like just follow them. (laughs) We all got lost and they, we somehow ended up on the outside instead of staying in the tunnel. And I was like, no, Fallon, you are smart. You can do this. And I was like, I'm going back to square one, I'm going back to where I'm supposed to be. So I walked all the way back to where I started. I looked at the map again and I said, no, I'm supposed to go in these glass doors and this is the tunnel that we're supposed to go in. And so thankfully I found where I was supposed to be. And so, yeah, so sitting, waiting for the concert to start. I'm so freaking excited. And I see some mics on the stage, like for singers. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I know they're not going to have people actually sing. Because in my mind, I'm thinking they're just going to just play the music. This is an orchestra. They're just going to play the music. And I saw the mics and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I saw a girl walk up to one of the mics. And I was like, oh, my gosh, can she sing? Can she sing? Because clearly she's going to be a background singer because there's a mic on the front of the stage, too. I said, oh, my gosh. And so 
the show starts and the conductor introduces the tribute artist that has been going around doing shows, basically singing Prince's song and dressing up like Prince, right? I was still nervous about that. And they opened with the first song and I was like, okay, this is going to be okay. This is going to be okay. And then he explained his story and I felt more okay because number one, if you're a Prince fan, you know how he operates. You know he's not with the shenanigans. Everybody can't sing his songs. Everyone can't play his songs. And like that was another reason why I'm assuming why, yes, it's the symphony. It's a classy event and all this stuff. Um, but they told us we could, have, we could not have our phones out, which made me a little sad because I'm still going to have to try to find how to get a copy of the music from that night. But um, yeah, we couldn't have our phones out to record anything, even though some people broke the rule towards the end of the show. But I still kept my phone in my purse. But anyway, so he explains that basically since he was like 18, he's been connected to the Prince camp. Somehow, some way, he played with uh, uh, the band for Prince. And so he's always been connected somehow to Prince. He's met Prince and everything. So I felt comfortable with him singing his songs and stuff. He really could play the guitar. He really could sing. He was a full on performer. And um yeah, so he he shared beautiful stories and the songs were so beautiful. I don't know, like I just felt the ultimate level of happiness being able to be in that building and hear those songs in that format it really made me happy truly made me happy and Prince's catalog is so big so of course they couldn't do all of his songs but the songs they selected were right on time um let's go crazy was the the opening number they did diamonds and pearls they did cream and they explained the story behind cream and it's not what you think like Basically, Prince wrote the song looking at himself in the mirror because he was told that he needed to add another single to one of his albums. And so he wrote that song looking in the mirror and writing it in first person. So that's the story behind that. So they did Cream. Uh, They did I Want to Be Your Lover, one of my favorite songs. They did Pop Life, which sounded really good with an orchestra. Really, really beautiful take me with you and they did my favorite set in purple rain the movie when prince performs i would die for you and they go right into baby i'm a star and they did it just like that i was so freaking happy like you really have no idea Like when they started, I would die for you. Like I low key wanted to cry because like that's like my favorite song ever. And I don't know, like if people when people hear me talk about the movie Purple Rain, I I explain it like so in depth. But this song in particular, I, I just love the song. And I just feel like whenever that song comes on, it's happiness. I feel like that's the the happiest place you can be in a relationship and the love is real. It's pure. And maybe one day I'll go on a full rant about the Purple Rain soundtrack and why I really love some of the songs, why I love the movie and all that stuff. But um, 
hearing that come to life with an orchestra oh my gosh like I was in heaven for real like for a person that truly embodies music like the fact that I played in an orchestra I play the violin like listening to that whole show I'm looking from section to section looking at the first violin second violins the violas the cellos the bass the brass and everything woodwinds and I'm trying to figure out what are they exactly playing so I have an ear to where I can just pick apart different instruments and I can hear different melodies at once and so I was doing that the whole night and Oh my gosh, like, it was so amazing. Like I said, I'm going to have to find like a CD, a video or something. I'm going to pay the money because I want that in my collection. But yeah, that's definitely a memory that I will carry with me forever. Like to hear I would die for you in that format. That was enough for me. And Purple Rain was done perfectly. And everything was done in great taste. And it wasn't your typical night at the symphony. Um, people were dancing, singing. They encouraged that. Like, so it was really, really fun. It was really, really dope. And yeah, everybody else was jigging uh, at the Kendrick Lamar concert. No shade. But I had the time of my life hearing the music of Prince by the Houston Symphony. So yeah, definitely happy. Saying the word nigga, how am I gonna describe nigga shit? Weeks, but we still hear some of the stuff is it's gonna be old, but guess what? It still needs to be talked about. Uh, Ivanka Trump, she got the, the greatest pleasure of sitting in for her daddy at the G20 convention. Now, my thing is this okay. The president can't sit in for this particular function at the at the um, convention or whatever. Okay, but how do we skip over the VP and other personnel in the White House and we get to Ivanka Trump that is not a White House employee? I'm using air quotes, but she does something for the White House. So how does she get to sit in that chair? And so, of course, most people with a a good brain, they were absolutely offended. And Trump had the audacity to come out and say, if it would have been Chelsea Clinton, y'all would have been saying, oh, here's the next female president. And oh, da, 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 da. Like, no, because guess what? If that would have been the scenario, it would have been the VP in that seat. Like, there's no way they would have let Chelsea Clinton sit in for official presidential business like that just when I saw this I was like wow this is how we really roll and this is how we really rocking we just letting your kids just up here just do whatever the hell they want and it's all right so yeah and then on the tail of that we get more shenanigans from Donald Trump Jr. he really out here wilding and bugging (laughs) he had the audacity to beat, um, to beat, I forgot which, was it the New York Post? It was somebody that had information that had the emails that he met with a Russian lawyer on June 9th, 2016. And he met with this lawyer to get 
information on Clinton. Now, if you follow these timelines, <laughs> the connections that the Trumps have with Russia, it comes more clear that even Stevie Wonder can see this stuff happening in his dreams. He can see this stuff happening. He's like, what is going on? Okay. So he admitted that this happened and he wanted to get the information because he was like, you know what? We're running a campaign here and I just wanted, I just wanted the information. And then, so we had that narrative at first. Then he released saying he released another statement saying that he felt like it wasn't that bad, but he just wanted to go, blah, blah, blah. And his daddy came out and said, I support him. And it's just like, this is this is the point as you have the, the working title of the president. You're not our president. You have the working title of the president. You should have just been quiet as a church mouth. But this guy is always on Twitter doing the absolute most and I'm just so ready for him to be impeached and I feel like we're still on target for my prediction for him to be impeached by the end of the summer and so I'm hoping for that um I think California was the the latest state to to file the impeachment paperwork and theirs got approved and so I think it officially goes into motion or it's closer to going into actual motion and so we just need that to happen. So I just need all my prayer warriors out there. Let's just pray on this. And it's not going to be a one and done thing. We have to get Trump out of here and we have to make sure that it is found that all these people have connections with what they did with getting this Clinton stuff, Clinton stuff out in the atmosphere last year. And so... Yeah, it has to be everybody. I know a lot of them are quiet now, but I'm pretty sure they're shaking in their boots because if we can find information like this, just imagine how all the little people have connections. And so let's just get a broom and just let's just clean it up. Let's just clean it up. Lonzo Ball, he had the audacity to to tweet out that 21 Savages album, it's the album, is better than 444. And I had a few conversations in regards to the disconnect between the older generation and the newer generation, which the disconnect is fine. But I just feel like the younger generation, like, how can you get angry at 444 when he's giving you jewels? He's being honest. Like, what more do you want? And he's putting, he's layering some of this information on beats that you can jig to. I know like a lot of the younger generation people, they just like a good beat to jig to, which is fine. But I feel like you need to have a good combination of that. When I was younger, yeah, love to jig, a good beat or whatever, good beat that knocks or whatever. And I'm still like that, like give me a good beat, cool. But on the flip side, I'm not gonna deny an amazing album like 444 check out my thoughts on episode 19 and compare it to an album by 21 savage which no shade you're just doing two completely different things and i just think if you have a respect for music you have the respect to say what is really good and let's not just be ignorant let's not just be young and ignorant let's not play that card um, black activist Ray, 
he kind of stepped on his toes and was out of pocket last week. And I happen to like him. I definitely support the work that he's doing for the black community and everything. But he was totally out of pocket for thinking that the Planet of the Apes movie group was coming for him and his little blue vest. Um, if you the poster and different promotional items and toys and things, they have a particular monkey in a vest. And, you know, I'm not even a fan of the franchise of Planet of the Apes, but when I saw the connection he was trying to make, I was like, nah, bro, you're taking this too far. Like, Planet of the Apes have been around for a while. And so Whoopi Goldberg uh, got him right on together. And, you know, when Whoopi is right, she's right. And she was 100% right in this. And he was in his feelings after Whoopi read him. And he was like, if she has anything else to say, let me know or whatever. And then he ended up apologizing to the Planet of the Apes people and all that stuff. Like, he just looked really crazy. And someone just should have, because I'm sure, like, before he even sent that tweet, he was complaining to his friends and his friends didn't tell him, no, DeRay, you're going too far. Like, that's not what that is, bro. Like, that's not what it is. Like, you are not the first person to wear a bubble vest. Okay? Not first person. So, yeah. When I saw that, I was absolutely confused. And I read his tweets over a few times. I was like, am I reading it wrong? Am I dumb? Like, I don't understand. And so, yeah, he was the one that was in the wrong. And... I'm going to need Quincy Jones to let Michael Jackson rest in peace. Like, he's claiming that the Michael Jackson's estate owes him $30 million. Can we just let this man just rest in peace? Like, are you hurting, Quincy Jones? Do you need that $30 million? Like, I think you're doing all right. I think you're you're pretty blessed. Like, no, don't come for Michael Jackson in that regard. Just don't do it. Baton Rouge, uh, an officer that was injured during the 2016 um, Baton Rouge shooting that was, I guess, in connection to some protests or something that was going on during that time. Um, he's suing the Black Lives Matter leaders. And I just want to know how, 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 like if they didn't personally shoot you, that's not on you or injured you or whatever, like you got injured on the job, that's a complaint for the job. Like people are just so out of pocket and I just don't understand. Like people will sue for any and everything and people want to put such a horrible uh, taint and horrible name to the Black Lives Matter movement that they go to an extent like this to try to sue the leaders for being injured while you were working we must empower ourselves we must empower ourselves with knowledge we can't be afraid of knowledge knowledge is free knowledge will always be here we have to know where we came from so we can stand firmly in where we are going and have the boldest confidence dropping jewels dropping jewels so I want to basically glow up a couple of people. The second person, I don't have the name. I, I tried to research her 
and the website and everything. I could not find the lady's name. And I don't know why certain places will post all this stuff, give you a general meme-like post. They don't give you a link to an actual story. They don't provide people's names for information so you can shout them out in this case. So yeah, I was a little bit aggravated with that. But first up is uh, Mr. Daniel. And I don't know how to say this last name. Is it GT? GT? And it's G-E-I-T-E. And he's a formal, uh, former um, inmate uh, who earned his doctorate uh, degree and is start, starting a college for ex-offenders. And I think this is so wonderful. And I don't know why someone hasn't done this before. And just be there again. We say that prison is a place for rehabilitation and all this stuff. But a lot of people, when they get out of prison, they can't go to college. They can't get good jobs. And I think, like, this sets up the path, the path for former uh, inmates to come out into the world and society and prove to the world that they actually have been rehabilitated and they deserve the right to to get a good job because I've always had this conversation of I feel like once you're in the system they want to keep you in the system because you come out of jail hard to get a job you come out of jail you're possibly on probation So you have to find a job so you can pay your probation fees. But how can you find a good enough job to pay your probation fees and survive? Um, Can't live where you want to live because it's hard to find a place to live if you have a blemish on your record. And so that there holds you in the the circle to to stay in the same kind of in, in the same kind of society as far as being like in the hood using air quotes. And so if you're in those situations, you get what you might get caught up doing the same kind of thing that possibly got you into jail because you're trying to survive. And I think that for this man to do this, to set up a college, I think is so beautiful because I think it shows more initiative that you really want to be a part of society, that you want to have your best life if you're going to college. So you can try to get better jobs. And so I'm very interesting, interested in keeping up with this story to see other people that come out from this college and hopefully see some positive stories come from what this man is doing for the community. I think it's just so beautiful. And um, the post that I was referring to earlier about you know, it's a meme-like post. They don't give you a name. But basically, a South African woman, um, she was rejected by an airline. And she decided to start her own airline. And so, SRS is the first black woman-owned aviation company in Africa. And so, I wanted to glow her up. But there again, like I said, I couldn't find her name. And so when I went to their official website, I saw everyone else's name, but a female that was stated as being the owner of this company. And so, yeah, if you're interested in that, just looking up the facts on SRS, check it out. 
And yeah, that's all I have for this episode. Like I said, I'm excited to be back on the mic and hopefully I can keep up with my weekly podcast. And there again, like, thank you for the support. Thank you for following me on Twitter. Thank you for following me on Instagram. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for reposting my stuff when I post about my podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving me feedback on my podcast. I truly do appreciate it. I hope that you will have a beautiful and lovely work work week. Um, if you're not following me on social media, please do follow me on Instagram. Oh, you thought Fallon, F-A-L-L-O-N, email me. I still haven't got any emails about stuff you want me to bring up on the show. You can ask me questions. You can ask for advice on stuff. You can just bring up whatever shenanigans you want to bring up. Email me at outhoughtfallon at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, pretty and smart 81 pretty the letter n smart 81 and yeah i just hope you have a great week and you'll be in another episode from me on friday episode 21 i'll see y'all in a few days until next time remember to glow up bless up stay prayed up and hold it down hold it down